Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. From Coolidge, Arizona, on April the 14th, 2016. My, we are happy that you folks are plugged in today. We're in Chapter 14 of the Book of Revelation. If you have notes, it would be Lesson 12 tonight, Episode 100. That's, that's a lot of lessons, and we're nowhere near through this book yet. 100th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, this, this is anniversary night. Um, there, we ended last week um, with um, a couple of comments. From from lesson eleven, we've been we've been looking at pictures all along. We've been looking at pictures, and we've been asking ourselves, what do the pictures mean? And we have to keep doing that, and let's not start now and take the pictures literally. That's the tendency when we get into some. Some of the passages like what we're going to get in tonight that are kind of tomato-throwing type lessons. You know, people are going to want to throw tomatoes at me. Uh, I'll dodge them best, the best I can. But we, we like to, we, uh, we like to uh, get into certain passages and we try to force them to fit our thinking, our previous thinking. So let's make a commitment now that we're not going to start now and take these pictures literally, literally whereas we've been trying to get them, uh, understand them all the way through to this point. Let's not change our strategy because we're in that particular kind of mode here. And another, um, maybe that'll help understand, think of the difficulty that John has in drawing pictures of the impressions that are being shown to him and of what he sees in those images and in those visions, those impressions, he's trying to draw pictures for us as to what he sees. Imagine the difficulty in doing that. Draw me a picture of vapor. Explain to me what, and if you've never tasted chocolate cake, explain to somebody who's never tasted chocolate cake what, in pictures, what chocolate cake tastes like. You can't do it. That's one of the proofs to me of inspiration. John is writing what most of us could not do, is to take a vision and to put it into pictures and that the pictures are going to fit some future event. History to us, but future to whom? 
the Jews to whom he's addressing this. All right, let's go. Let's go back to. Was there a comment? Um, I want to start with verse ten tonight. Just a little quick review on verse eight. Babylon is referring to whom? Jerusalem. Oh, we've get, we're getting that down. Say Jerusalem. See, that's going to help us when we get into chapter seventeen, eighteen. It's going to help us tremendously. We've already got that background. And when we get there, why we shouldn't have to go back and redeal with those premises. And you were not quite finished with your story about premises and conclusions. We don't argue conclusions, do we? Mm-hmm. No, we argue premises. What? How did you get to that conclusion? That usually takes the stress off of somebody's discussion that you're having, that you deal with the premises. <clears throat> And it's a, uh, the failure that a lot of us make is that we, uh, somebody says, well, you know, the sky's pink. No, it's not. It's blue. No, it's not. In Oregon, it's gray. <laughs> I mean, you have to start looking at your premises. You, and so we, we can't argue the conclusions. All right. So Babylon the Great has fallen. And we gave you a list of the angels last week. Don't, we won't redo that tonight. Then in verse 9, another angel, a third one, followed them saying through a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast. If anyone worships that which comes out of a nothing, that is simply the vehicle that Satan, the serpent, uses. And it's going to be religious or, or civil or both. But if anyone gives his adoration to that which is false. Or his image. And that becomes his thinking pattern. That's his mark. He's got a problem in verse 10. He will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God. And if you can you look that up in the interlinear for me? That verse, there, there was a question that I had uh, here when it says, uh, he will drink, shall drink, right there, that verb, uh, all right, and, uh, and you notice it's in the middle voice, I wanted that confirmed, that means that the person isn't going to have it poured on out, it's not going to be poured out on him, he's going to do what? He, he is taking the initiative to drink it himself. And that's an important thing. And this, this wrath of God is mixed in full strength in the cup. When, when, you, when you think about a cup, What does the idea of cup convey in your mind? And we studied scriptures last week talking about that that it was a familiar way of the old covenant dealing with the wrath of God. But we didn't get, we closed the class out before we got into discussing what does that convey in your mind when you hear God's wrath in a cup? It's contained. 
It's contained. I think that's the key word. That it does not affect who God is. The wrath that God has for those who embrace what is false does not affect his whole being. What's the word that's used in our text to convey that fact? He just defined it. What was it? Cup. Cup. It means that he keeps it limited. He keeps it contained. He keeps it designated. It doesn't, it doesn't move his whole being. We tend to get angry. And it affects us, our whole being. But as we learn more about God and take on more of his way, we learn that that has to be contained. It has to be limited. And isn't that true with most emotional factors? We have to keep them contained. So even God... As angry as he is over people who embrace empty-headed religion, keeps his sense of wrath contained and holds it. He isn't lashing out. He's warning. Now it's going to be poured out He's not going to dilute it. It's mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger. And there, there might be a lesson there that all of these different traits and characteristics, we might have a cup for anger, we might have a, a cup for any kind of emotional upheaval, we might have a cup for this and a cup for that, because it appears that at least with this particular thing, God used the cup. And I think that's a, something that can be developed much further than what we have time for here. And he will be tormented with fire, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, there is a misconception that has a tendency to impact how we think about this context. So what is my immediate conclusion in that last statement? That, this is a mis that there is a misconception. Okay, that's my conclusion. I've given that to you first. Now let me give you some premises as to why I say that. The final end of all the forgiven, of all of the unforgiven, the final end of all of the unforgiven is not here under discussion. The misconception is that this verse is used in relationship to what happens to the unforgiven forever. 
That's not what he's discussing here. He's discussing something that takes place within the time frame of the book. In chapter 1, things that are soon to happen, the time is near. In the last chapter of the book, things soon to take place, the time is near. Can't beat that. We cannot go outside of the framework established within the book. He is not here addressing the final end of all of the unforgiven. That's my conclusion. He was with his I think so. Because all he says is he. And we already know who he is. He is the person who drank of the one of, of the rat. And, and with the beast. Produce, uh, we, know so, when, we know when the beast was. We know what the, and we know when it, was when it was in the context of the book. You can't break it out of that. So it has to be limited to that event. Wasn't it Paul? Did, did we read it Thursday or Sunday? Was it Paul or, or who was it that wrote that the prophets were killed, the Messiah was killed? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, there's there, there was some wrath. Oh, that's right. And, and, and it was for very specific reasons. If I'm reading this right, you've got it right on. Well, I don't want to, but I don't want to make a conclusion, or because we can't argue about that. <laughs> not now. At least, yeah. But, but but we can say that, can't we? Yeah, it's not now. It was then, and we've already given multiple evidences for that. You know, the whole book. All the way through, we've had an accumulation of evidence about the time factor, and you just can't rehash them every time you have a class. can't do that. It's just too overwhelming. The everlasting punishment on the unforgiven does not take place in heaven. Is that obvious? And this takes place where? We just read it. Presence of, it takes place in the presence of the Father and in the Lamb and the saints. And of the holy angels. See, that's why I, that's the evidence, see, to support my conclusion, is that a lot of us live with a misconception and we pull this text out and talk to people about this is going to be your destiny. And folks, it doesn't have there is no evidence, in my opinion here, in this context, that he has any reference at all to the everlasting punishment of the unforgiven here. And that the everlasting punishment of the unforgiven does not take place in heaven, and this does. Now, we have to then ask another question. And I'm not sure I can answer this question. But if we're talking about the heaven and earth of Judaism, the only, you see where I'm I'm headed? The only issue I have with that thought here is that the Lamb and the Father have already vacated the temple. Well, this is after Babylon. 
And this is after Babylon has fallen. So it probably then is referring to the current place. What would be the current? What is now? Oh, right. Well, I mean, but at least however it was then, the picture that he's trying to draw here. I had to latch on your train of thought. Now I'm there. Are you with? Are we? You with me there? It's all right to struggle with that. Um, so let's let's just hope that, or let's just leave it there for now, that the final end of all the unforgiven is not here under discussion. And that if this is referring to where God is, whatever that place may be, whether it's the heaven of now or an intermediate place that would fit into the book. I don't know that. But whatever the everlasting punishment of the unforgiven certainly would not take place in heaven. So there is nothing here to support how we usually and generally use this context. You see my point there? This has been used so many times to talk about the general, the big picture of the unforgiven. It's obvious that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about those people at that time who worshipped the beast. It was by choice. Their thinking was in harmony with the thinking of the beast. That was their mark. And they served the effect of the beast. This, this creature that is neuter. That's a nothing used by Satan and people have given their allegiance to it. Now they're going to pay the price. And they're, they're going to pay the price of all of the wrath of God is going to be there and they're going to drink of it themselves. They are going to come and partake of it themselves. That's in the middle voice, remember? We read that. But, if you take this picture, as, as it is here, and you have eliminated what we're talking about, but there, there, are, some, there are some ideas that may go beyond that. In, in this context, do you see any hope of changing one's status? Can anyone here who has partaken of the teachings of the beast false religion? Is there any hope here of him changing his status as far as the wrath of God is concerned once once he has partaken of it? It seems to me like once one, these one, we're talking about these people now living prior to the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD, that these people knew what they had done. They became their own judge. They drank for themselves, apparently voluntarily. 
because they knew they were guilty. What's that? They took on the nature of the beast. They took on the nature. They knew. The beast was never repentant. No. No? I mean, the... Or those who used it. Mm-hmm. Unrepentant. And we're going to find that out here, maybe possibly even tonight. Those Those who put themselves into that situation... Can they be prayed out of that punishment? No, they'd already been warned. And he's talking here about those who had been warned and they did not respond to their warnings. Now it's too late. There is no way that you can pray them out of their punishment. You can't stop it. And the what? And they killed the messengers on top of it. And they killed the messenger on top of it. And that who, of course, is Jesus Christ. Now, if you were in, living here in this case and, and you saw somebody uh, that uh, had swallowed up the beast in his teachings, and Neil says, Greg, I want you to baptize me and get me out of this mess. No. I want you to baptize me in behalf of somebody else. Now, are you following? I'm going to baptize you in behalf, I want you to baptize me in behalf of somebody else so they can escape this punishment and will not want to partake of the cup. Does that work? Anybody believe that today? Be specific. The Mormon Church, the Mormon Church believes that. And uh, the Roman Church too, and the Roman Church does as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the Protestant groups have taken on some of that. Now, remember, whenever we talk about these groups, we're not saying there aren't fine people there. We're not saying that. We're saying the system is the system of the beast. You know, it because comes from. We know differently. Yeah. We we know better. Is that the people or the one who is behind the pulpit? The system. Well, when I say system, I mean I mean that all all of false religion today has nothing to do with where we are here, but false religion today all has is has a system. Otherwise, it couldn't be promoted. You have to have a a system. You have to have an institution. You have to have something to promote it. There's men behind it. There's men in charge of it. There's men running it and instituting it and working the machine, pulling the levers back and forth. We call that a hierarchy. And now they have females, too. When I say men, I mean people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my point here is Whatever you think about this, this point is right, I believe. Make the right decision while the body and spirit are intact. And folks, that's true no matter how or what this context is saying. That's true. 
and that's the preaching aspect of that lesson tonight, is, is we, we need to make right decisions while the body and spirit are together. Because when the body and spirit are separated, then what happens? It's final. It's over. But that's not what he's talking about here. That's just a true statement. This passage, it doesn't even state that the those here who are being who are being punished, it doesn't even say they're dead. See? It doesn't say that. And um <clears throat> Did you have a comment? Uh, no, 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 no. It doesn't say that. I'm not saying they are or they aren't, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take you now and show try try to demonstrate to you um, from the Old Testament some of this verbiage. Let's go to Isaiah 34. <clears throat> you know we're in a we we read and study passages that are often avoided. <clears throat> I do that on purpose because I like them. I am. Oh, I think so. Yeah, the bottom of verse number ten. Good. You see that? Up on the screen. Exodus thirty-four. What? What did I say? Oh, you're right. Good. And I, here I am in Exodus. We, we need to go to we need to go to Isaiah. Uh, that was uh, it would help if I get my eyes connected to my brain, huh? Maybe you need more coffee. <laughs> Maybe I've had too much. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> look at Isaiah 34. Let's take our time here. Let's start the chapter 34 and verse 8. So. What we've looked at so far in, in this group, you have people who have worshipped the beast and his image. They have thought as the beast thought. They have done what the beast has wanted them to do. They will of themselves drink of the wine of the wrath of God. It's mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger. And that person will be tormented with fire and brimstone where? What does it say? In the presence of the Lamb Lamb and of the holy angels. And that's face to face with them. That's face to face. That's that word presence presence means, face to face. And that's why we're giving a little bit of room on that usage of heaven here. That word is not used here. All right, let's look at Isaiah 34, and let's begin with verse 8. For the Lord has a day of vengeance. So these people, to whom this book was written, probably many, if not most of them, were familiar with these Old Testament passages. Are we? The reason we have problems with the new covenant is because our people are ignorant of the Old Testament. Did you hear me? Where's the tomatoes? 
at least in the in the prophetic portions of the old covenant of the old testament so the day the lord has a day of vengeance yeah it's a good thing to remember a year of recompense for the cause of zion Its streams will be turned into pitch and its loose earth into brimstone. Focus in on that. See the picture. The streams will be turned into pitch. Now keep that in mind. Uh, what's the abbreviation for that? Uh, pitch. He wants to know the definition of pitch. Oh. Sappy stuff is inside of a tree. Sappy stuff is inside of a tree is, is one. Like sticky tar. It's it like be tar. Also sticky tar. It's like tar. Yeah. So instead of it being a, Like roofing tar. Yeah. <laughs> instead of it being a sparkling stream like we would normally see, it's dark and foreboding and awful. It's really hard on your digestive system. <laughs> and hard on your colon. It's loose, it's loose earth. It will be turned into brimstone. Now that's the one that I want to know about. Well, let's look it up. I always have that in my mind all the time. You know, for years, I could never... Uh, I try to ask other, other uh, ministers and stuff, but I, I need to get the answer. What would happen if you went into Home Depot and asked the guy for some brim? Do you have any brim, brimstone in here? I, I'm looking to build onto my patio. Salty rock or something? Yeah, it's, you know, um, it's like sandstone. We don't have definitions for the Hebrew here, do we? You've got to be a firewalker to walk on it. And something like that would probably really retain its heat because it's so dense. And it's very hard. Oh, you do have it. Sulfur. Um, solidified sulfur. It's inflammable. It just blows. How many of you have had your daily sulfur today? Oh, you need to eat a lot of sulfur. It'll kill every bug you got. It's a disinfectant, you know. But how, what do we usually think of when we think of sulfur? You ever been to a hot springs where they have sulfur? What does it smell like? Rotten eggs. It's used in What's that? It's used in medicine. And it's used in medicine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Did, did that answer your, does that kind of answer your question? Yes, sir. See, if you don't ask, we don't know. And uh, we always try to get authority to answer your questions. And that's, uh, it's like asphalt. Which word is that? That's pitch. Not fish. I like asphalt. <coughs> Liquid asphalt. Liquid asphalt. Thank
Think about that. Tar. Well, that's good. I'm glad we took time. To, I'm glad to see. I'm glad for the question. It clarified the meaning of those. So this is quite a picture here now in Isaiah. And it will not be quenched night or day. Its smoke will go up forever. From generation to generation, it will be desolate. None will pass through it. Pelican and hedgehog will possess it. Now, really? Literally? How? How can they possess it when the streams have all been turned into pitch, asphalt, liquid asphalt? He's painting a picture. He's painting a picture. Yeah, and it's Isaiah. But John is drawing the same language. He's painting a picture for those people. And we don't want to change looking for what the pictures mean. But pelican and hedgehog in verse 11 will possess it, and owl and raven will dwell in it, and it will stretch over the line of desolation and the plumb line of emptiness. You talk about the state of those in falsehood. We don't know how fortunate we are. Seven of us, plus those who are on the air, Folks, we're in a minority of trying to stretch our minds around the truth of the Bible. Huh? We're in the minority. And yet, no one has brought something to light in the last couple of sessions. There are so many people who are fed up with what they've been hearing from the churches and Christianity whose lives have gone awry and they've given up and somewhere along the line we are the only hope there is. Somewhere along the line conditions in the world will turn these people as Hosea Chapter 5, I think, and verse 15 says, In their affliction, they will seek me early. Things get tough, and the church has got to stand strong, whether David is here or isn't, or anybody else. The church has got to stand. We have to know, and not just know everything, we have to know how to get where we ought to be. You know, we have to know the tools. The reason is that most of our church folks don't have any tools. I'm not done here back here in Isaiah, though. It's nobles. There is no one there whom they may proclaim king, and all of his princes will be nothing. Thorns will come up in his fortified towers and nettles and thistles in his fortified cities. You see, there are still people, that there are still cities. How could that be with what we've already read? 
fire, brimstone, pitch in the water. Verse 14, I'm skipping a little bit here. The desert creatures will meet with the wolves. The hairy goat also will cry to his kind. Yes, the night monster will settle there and will find herself a resting place. The tree snake will make its nest and lay eggs there. And it will hatch and gather them. Is that a picture or what? Yes, the hawks will be gathered there, everyone with this kind. Seek from the book of the Lord and read. Not one of these will be missing. None will lack his mate, for his mouth has commanded and his spirit is gathered. That is, it comes out. What is its source? The very source of God. He has cast the lot for them, and his hand has divided it to them by land uh, by line. They shall possess it forever. From generation to generation they will dwell in it. Now there's the picture. Go over to chapter 66 with me and verse 24. Yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah 66, 24. Then they will go forth and look on the corpse of the man who have transgressed against me, for their worm will not die, and their fire will not be quenched, and they will be an abhorrence to all mankind. How does that book end? Is that a picture? It's a picture. We have the same picture given to us in verse 10. He also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone, suffering the shame of having the lamb look when he would have been their redeemer. In the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb, Now, let's go to Genesis 19. You know, I, I was making lessons ahead, and I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore. It's a good thing, because um, it fouls up our number system. Um, <clears throat> go to Genesis 19, because I want to establish another thing tonight. And that the things that we're talking about here in chapter 14, and we've covered some already, some very, very important factors in this book. We have to get this book right, this chapter right. We've got to get a foundation here from this chapter on the rest of where we're going. And what we want to see is that there were curses that belonged to the law. Now, why, what, what connection does that statement have with where we are? The Jews were under the law. The Jews were under the law, and this book is written to? For the purpose of demonstrating the fall, the, the awesomeness, the picture described in this book of what it was like for Jerusalem to fall and for the temple 
in all of its beauty and magnificence to be destroyed. The disciples in Matthew 24 said, we can't believe that. Not one stone will be left upon a stone. What will be the sign of your presence? That's what they asked. That was a very intelligent question. I, I, yeah, I know. It must have been inspired. Because he didn't say, the, the English says, what is the sign of your coming? But that's not in the Greek. No. All right, look at, look at Genesis chapter 19 and verse 28. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley, and he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of a furnace. Is that a picture? Mm-hmm. Now go over with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I want to show you and demonstrate more, more uh, with a stronger connection between that and the law. In chapter 28 and verse 21, <clears throat> and I, I, let me go back to verse 14. And do not turn aside, this is uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 14, do not turn aside. Don't turn off. Don't flip the switch. From any of the words which I command you today to the right or to the left. And don't put that circuit on a dimmer switch. To go after other gods to serve them. Now, Slither over with me to verse 21. The Lord, and this is if they did, the Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from the land where you are entering to possess it. The Lord will smite you with consumption and with fever and with inflammation and with fiery heat and with the sword and with blight and with mildew and they will pursue you until you perish. The heaven which is over your head will be bronze, and the earth which is under you iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust. Oh, that's far enough. See the picture? See, it was a part of the, uh, the covenant. It's a part of the curse of violating the old covenant. And those curses are brought down into our text in the book of Revelation. The Jews, the, Jew, the, the Jews would have read these things in the temple starting at a young age. They would have understood what happened when the Lord directed his wrath at someone who opposed him and, and sought to take the people away. And so they, they were aware of his power. They were aware of the destruction. They were aware that sin is death. And, but it's like you said earlier in the lesson. They were warned and they ignored it. They were warned and they ignored it. That's right. This is Moses warning them. And, and this, that's right. And Moses was a type of Christ. Christ. Yeah. 
but but writing writing the historical facts about Sodom, right? I mean, and by the way, wasn't Jerusalem also referred to as Sodom in one of our one oh, yeah. of our scriptures oh, that yeah. we read? There was another little tasty tidbit was added on. Yeah, man, he was it was anger. You just, you just can't describe it any sharper than what he has. Now, let's go to Matthew, and we, we're going to have to wind this thing down here. But um, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 21 through 24, you see, one of the curses of the law was the fire and the brimstone. Tyre and Sidon. Um, But let's let's read it in in verses uh, what what verse twenty one, woe to you Chorazin, woe to you Bethsaida, for the if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon which occurred in you they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. Who's the you? The Jews. The Jews, and you Capernaum. Uh, verse twenty three will not be exalted to heaven. Uh, will um, and you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? You will descend to Hades. For if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Nevertheless, I say to you that it would be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. And we've already read in Isaiah, fire and brimstone of brimstone Sodom. Again. There's what? There's that brimstone. There's that brimstone. And doesn't that show how important the covenant really was and how God viewed it as a great blessing? And it was, and he received very little honor for that. But there's great, uh, great suffering that comes from being, um, from being a enemy of God. Because when you're out of covenant with him, you're an enemy of his. It's right. Particularly if you have known it or refuse to have known it. And the Jews, that was their duty to know it. That was their duty. They, they were obligated to know it. And those who seek to take his children away. Right. What it's about. Yeah. Well, let's read one more. Uh, 64 of Deuteronomy 28. Because not... Because, see, in verse 11, it talks about they have no rest. Well, they would understand that rest is also among the curses of the law. Not just fire and brimstone. Not just the visual destruction of the working surface of the earth. But rest was a curse of the law. I mean, no rest was a curse of the law. And that's what we find in verse 11 of our text in Revelation chapter chapter 14, verse 11. The smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest. So let's look at this passage in Deuteronomy 28, 64, and we'll close. Moreover, the Lord will scatter you among all peoples, from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, and they're you shall serve other gods. That's what you want to do? 
I'm going to give you the freedom to do so. In Romans chapter 1, he describes people who insist on having their way, getting their way, and when they get their way from having insisted on getting their way, they lose a conscience. And then, once you've lost their conscience, there's no way back. So don't mess with God. Our folks need to learn that today. We need to make sure we're focused on the right thing. There you will serve other gods, wood and stone, which you or your fathers have not known. That's what you want to do. I'm going to let you do it. And when you get to doing it, I, you won't even have a conscience that tells you it's wrong. It's gone. I give you up. That's Romans chapter 1. I give you over to do the things that you want to do without any, any feeling, any remorse. You can just have a happy day doing the wrong thing. Now, notice 65. But I want you to know this too, that among those nations where you go to do the wrong thing, now, folks, that is a type of denominational or sectarianism. People are not here because there's something that they're after somewhere else that they're not going to get here. And that something else is that somehow they get their egos fed, that you're not going to get fed here. Where's the tomato? <laughs> I'm intending to. (laughs) But if you go, and I've had a lot of folks come through here. I had a young lady sitting right here. Well, there was a chair here when she was sitting here. And she said, you know, this all makes so much sense, but I just can't stand the logic of it. Remember that? Remember that lady? She's up the street somewhere. See, they know, but they want to go somewhere where God's doing everything for them. Daily. 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 Hourly, even. Because yeah. Totally subjective. One now. Footprints. What? No, nothing. I, I didn't get it. That, that would be called uh, sodomites. Got called what? Sodomites. Sodomites. Really? Well, this isn't Tempe, this is Coolidge, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, among those nations that you've gone to, to because you're finding a religion there that you like, it just feeds your ego, makes you feel like you're really special to God, to the gods that you're serving who can't see and they can't hear. We always like to have a God that we feel superior to, Right? Among those nations where you go to do all of that, you shall find no rest. That's why I think that the time is coming we're going to see this place packed. And there will be no resting place for the sole of your foot, but there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes and the despair of soul. Now you talk about despair. Yes, this is this is under the covenant of Moses. 
But he's using the language of this in Revelation chapter 14 so that we understand what he's talking about in Revelation 14, see? God's nature doesn't change from then. God's nature doesn't change, that's right. His covenant has, but his nature doesn't. So your life shall hang in doubt before you. See, you can go do the wrong thing. You can enjoy doing the wrong thing. You can enjoy doing the wrong thing with the wrong people. But there's a price to pay. And that price is that eventually there's no rest. And your life hangs in doubt before you. You will be in dread night and day and shall have notice. Notice what it says. And you shall have no assurance of your life. That's what you were seeking to start with. And that's what they were after to start with. And that's what folks are looking for today. And the result is the same. There's no assurance of their life. You can only believe a lie for so long. God may, God may give us the opportunity of getting an idea of the truth, but folks, we better not shun it because he only has to do that once. If you turn your back on it once, he never has to bring you back to it again. Now, so in verse 11, and we're, we're going to close. The smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest. See, that was a curse of the law. We just got through reading it. So he's pulled that down to here. If you mess with God and his covenant, which these people had done, it's the fulfillment of Deuteronomy chapter 28. These people who have gone their own way, apart from the covenant of the law, have no rest. Day and night, and when the people heard that, they said, oh, wow, that plugs into Deuteronomy chapter 28, and that encompasses a whole lot, and we just got through reading it. No rest, day and night. No rest. We're going to have to stop. That's among the curses of the law. And everything that he has said here in chapter 14 has been from the curses that were a part of the law and has brought them down into these people of this time. Jerusalem being described as Babylon. Jerusalem was the Jews' heaven. Uh, The temple was the Jews' heaven. And Jerusalem was the Jews' earth. And their covenant they had violated. Now they're reaping the reward of their sin and rebellion against God. And that's the price that has to be paid. Today or next week, I guess we'll be right back onto this lesson again, and we'll start with verse uh, 12, or and... Uh, that talks about uh, changes. Uh, it changes scene in verse 12, and I don't want to be rushed in verse 12, uh, verses 12, 13, and 14, because in verse 14 we have the second coming of Christ explained to us, and that's tomato time. Mm-hmm.
What? And I may not be here. Oh, oh, well, oh. well, you can be tuned in, but that's a long throw. Now, you know how you can get across a, uh, a river that's much wider than what you can really jump? You practice throwing rocks until you get the rock to go all the way across. When you finally get your arm to where it'll throw a rock all the way across the river, that last time when you do that, you... Hang on to the rock. <laughs> and you get across the river and don't even get your feet wet. No extra charge. Stupidity comes cheap. <laughs> okay, let's pray, folks. Father, we praise you for your truth. We praise you for the making of our minds in such a way that we can relate to what it is you have said. We are compatible with your truth, and may we, may we continue to exercise our thinking so that we can comprehend what it is you are saying. May that be our goal. May we be true to it. In Jesus' name we pray tonight. Amen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.